This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back right now. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Brunin, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies because her street ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. What's going on, everybody? We got another episode of the Debbie Debate, a more probably relaxed version tonight. We're not going to have much animosity. No real arguing. Uh, a lot to go over, though, as the transfer portal hasn't officially opened. We've already had a ton of names entering. We're going to talk a little bit about Dane Brugler's 1.0 mock that he released earlier today, kind of the fantasy implications of those players as they or as he has them being drafted. We will talk a little bit about the players in the transfer portal, and we're going to talk a little bit about lessons we learned this year and i'm going to kick that to you first austin before we jump into the questions we've got about that what is one of the main lessons you learned here in the 2022 season i learned i don't know i don't know shit um what like did, that's all of us but <laughs> <laughs> what did i learn this year um you know, I don't know that it's been long enough into the offseason yet for me to reflect on process errors. I've picked out some of the things that I got wrong. Um, and I haven't quite figured out exactly how they all piece together yet. So my early answer to you as of today is that I don't have one. That doesn't mean there aren't any. And I will have some good ones, I'm sure. I Maybe I... Faded some of your guys' opinions a little too much when I when I was uh, accounting for my rankings. I know that's very weird to hear me say. Uh, guys like uh, Etn, guys like Judkins, um, uh, those are the two that come to mind. 
um, are guys that I didn't end up. Why well, I, I I have zero ETN. I, I have a few Judkins, but not as much as maybe I could. Um, so I didn't listen to you guys. So maybe that's so, my my lesson. So what you're saying is I'm a better salesman than Colin. I'll take it. Oh, uh, that <laughs> Colin probably made it worse every time he talked. Like, yeah, he's fat, but like, that's, yeah, that's true. That's it's with a true. pH. Oh, yeah. No, no, okay, no, not, not buying that. Um, I don't know. Chris, have you uh, got any lessons that you've learned this year? Um, I think it's to not be overconfident with group of five depth charts. Um, and depth charts, depth charts in general, really. You know, there were a lot of players that I was higher on maybe than I should. Yeah, just across both group five and power five. Uh, like Chris Brooks was a guy I was very in on. Um, Austin, you talked about him on Campus Life. Uh, Nathaniel P at Missouri, another example. Like all, all of these guys were uh, players I felt pretty okay drafting, and then it kind of fell apart. So like, I just don't want to be overconfident on depth charts moving into the season because there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, but there's also a lot of value in it. So I don't want to like overreact. I just want to. Here, here's how I want to handle it. I want to not take like as much stock in players who I think are going to be really good. I want to take stock in players who I think are emerging. So Elijah Spencer overtaking Victor Tucker in Charlotte's offense. Like that was a real thing prior to the season. If you pay attention, you probably got some good value there. Like I don't want to overreact. It just the type of information you pay attention to is really important. So I've got a couple, one of them I feel is like almost the, opposite of of austin's in trying to kind of trust my gut a little bit more and not let other people influence me which i tend to do at times uh there's some players that specifically in the freshman guy which we have a couple questions on like i was higher on but then like i just i tend i i trust how smart like not to not to blow smoke, but like you, David, Felix, Colin, Alfred, like maybe Alfred and me and our rankings are very different. But he does like he hits on these three stars. It's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. So when you guys like give these opinions and they're so opposite of mine, like sometimes I'm like, OK, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to kind of revert to them. And I feel like sometimes I probably should stand my ground a little bit more. My biggest one has been and I'd, I'd be is not to be so reactionary to everything, which I feel like I have done in the past. And I tried to pull that back this year. And I feel like I have been, um, you know, outside of Quinn, which part of that, if I'm being honest, was a little bit of a bit just to get on Felix's nerves. Cause he would roll his eyes and get upset every time I brought him up. So I do it. But like, even with the Anthony Richardson stuff, like, you know, I Mox was with, I think it was just me and Moxley on that show where we talked about like not overvaluing what happened in the Utah game, letting it play out. And he ended up turning around and having a good year. And we're all even sitting here still saying like, there's still things he has to work on, but if he gets drafted in the first round, like he does have some value, like not riding the roller coaster that I think a lot of people do and trying to keep like that steady heartbeat a la Bryce Young in every single game that he plays in and just kind of be like, let's give it more time. Let's see what happens before just saying this guy is QB whatever. And, and I'm very curious to see what people think about that because I feel like that is most of the fantasy community. And I feel like that's where 
I was getting in a lot of arguments this year on Twitter was people like it was up and down. And if I was just like, no, nah, let's give it time. And they're like this, that. And I, I think a lot of that too. I know Colin does that with the quarterbacks a lot. And I feel like you are definitely going to miss out on some opportunities if you do that. But I think you may end up being right more often than not. And that's kind of my big lesson I've tried to learn and implement this year. Well, it's a really tough balance, right, Matt? In yeah. terms of like being too, I mean, even even guys that we've seen for three or four years inherently, like that's not that big of a sample size for some of these guys. You know, 30 games or yeah. 20 games, like that's still not like a lot in the grand scheme of things. And on, like you said, not all these guys are Bryce Young. They're just, you know, kind of steady or, or B. John Robinson or, yeah. you know, some of these other guys that are just like every week, like no matter, you just pencil them in for you know, 150 yards and a touchdown. Like they can't all be like that. So I think it is tough to not be real especially in season where there's you know there's 60 games every weekend or 70 games every weekend and we like no person on the planet can in a week's time take all that information pull out all the the important stuff and filter out everything that's unnecessary and then make smart decisions and every decision be smart and informed it's just impossible which is why Felix talks about all the time he likes the offseason because now he can go back and like now we can start getting our hands on a lot more all 22 and go back and see like, you know, was that a good throw or like, like, was that just like really stupid and it worked out for him? Like, was that a blown coverage? Like Jalen Hyde will be an interesting one. Yeah. Like to really go back with all small 22 and see like what's going on with Jalen Hyatt. So I think I, I don't like reactionary isn't necessarily bad. It's just hard to remain react or to, to be reactionary and still maintain consistent process throughout it's just it's impossible during the year here's that that's actually a really good point to to both of what y'all are saying being reactionary on a, a highly regarded player i think is a bad process like saying okay this player had a bad two games in a row three games in a row do we need to him. That's what happened with Quentin Johnson at the beginning of the season, by the way. Like yeah. he's a great example of people who just like overthought it. The other end is we should probably be more reactionary to players who we underrated or were generally underrated. I, I want to say, because I'm gonna use Quinchon Judkins as an example here. Like we should have been quick to react to a guy who was dominating. At, at, like on an SEC offense. I'm like, yeah, he wasn't doing it in the SEC for the first couple games, but he continued to do so. So overreacting to players who are um, not as highly regarded, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to do. And and I think I've mentioned this on here before. It may, may have been on Better Sports when we were talking about just different players. I know it was based around the Anthony Richardson conversation and Quinn Ewers. It's like, whether people admit it or not, like everybody has like inherent biases, bias against certain players or for certain players. And it's like, even if you're sitting there saying you don't, like there is set, subtle parts of that in everything that you do. Yeah. I hate Will Levis. So yeah, well, he's, he's what I was going to bring <laughs> up here in a minute. And like, so like, it, it's funny that you mentioned Judkins because like there were three people who were, who were fairly high on him. And that was Colin Felix and myself. And so like, when you went early on in the rankings after a couple, like I'm almost positive all three, I don't know about Colin. I know Felix did. Cause we, we've discussed it. Me and Felix both had him up in like our top 12 running backs. So like we had already reacted, but there were other people, as you mentioned, who were like a little bit more hesitant. It's like, well, 
should I wait a little bit longer, which I, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah, you will miss sometimes on that, but I think a lot of that, a lot of that is you're, you're letting the process play out a little bit. I mean, if you had moved Anthony Richardson up to QB three after the Utah game, like you looked kind of bad there for six weeks. I mean, it, it, it's so, maybe, maybe this is a conversation about freshmen or like, or redshirt freshmen or players, players who haven't seen the field previously. Cause like we've seen Richardson a little bit, like we kind of knew what he was about. Uh, we knew where we were to work, but we'd never seen Quinn Judge Atkins at the, at the NCAA level. Like, so maybe it's a, a freshman question of, Hey, do we players who, that we thought weren't like great or amazing or like high end guys, do we just move, move them up after we've seen a little bit? I, I tweeted at one point, or I don't know if I tweeted or I posted in discord. I said, Ah, uh, Judkins is just doing this against uh, non-SEC opponents. Once it becomes the SEC, like Evans will take over. Well, Jar- like, Jarquez Hunter did the same exact thing last year. Yeah. So yes. sometimes it's even hard to like. You can't even come up with like a concrete rule there because it's yeah. like. It's a good point. I mean, either you have Jarquez Hunter and Quinchon Judkins, or you have neither of the two, probably, because yeah. it's just like there, there's. It's just like there's no hard and fast rules for all this stuff. It's, it's eat eat Arby's. Eat Arby's, they're nihilistic Arby's. Uh, so Noah for the podcasting audience, uh, who I know all three of us respect immensely, said the difference between producing well and playing well is relevant here, in my opinion. Production can be fluky, play generally isn't. Which leads me to something actually. Some, some guy Noah, by the way. Uh hey, those those videos are now. great. Yeah, uh, the the Will Levis thing. None of us think he's going to necessarily be a, a very good quarterback. But I also think it, it is kind of bad process to us just completely write him off because the one thing we've seen, there there is a difference between the college and the NFL level. And he's already, so for those of you who may have missed it today, he announced he is going into the NFL draft. Would it be crazy for him to end up being a productive quarterback like, I, I do think it's on the lower end of spectrum for the outcome of his results, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing. It's the same thing I said about Anthony Richardson. Like at this point, if he's getting round one or round two draft capital, like why would you transfer? Why would you transfer and go to another college to try and learn a whole different offense, try and improve there while learning a new offense when you go into the NFL? I know we think at times we're the smartest people in the room. Those NFL people have those jobs for a reason, good or bad, whether they're good or bad at their jobs. I can't imagine any of those guys are sitting there saying, we know we can draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson today, and they're going to start for us week one in 2023. They're likely drafting those guys, knowing their projects. Why wouldn't you want to just take a shot on them? I know I hate this argument as much as you guys do at times because of the tools though. And if they are able to develop, like you do have a a good quarterback. So I I don't think we should fade them completely. I I, kind of goes to what Austin said, like we've watched Will Levis play really for two years. He didn't play much at Penn State, but he's been in college for multiple years. And so you're looking at saying, well, we've seen him for all this time and we know he's not good. But you can make the argument that guys can improve when they get to the NFL level, which is kind of what my point was going to be. And like not trying to react so much to what I saw on the college side. Because there were games that he played good last year, and I can't say how much of that was because of the injury this year. Because it was a real, it was a massive step back. If we're all being honest on what Will Levis did this year compared to last year, what? So Levis is a pretty interesting comparison because I think there's a couple quarterbacks that probably 
sit in this bucket as well. Uh, PFF is hyping up Tanner McKee. And so, you know, there's, he's not the only toolsy quarterback being propped up by the media. What per, if you're a Will Levis or McKee or Richardson truther, what, what type of quarterback are you trading for? Like to put it into legit fantasy terms, like, where do you value them? Are they are the, are any of them top twenty four quarterbacks the second they step into the NFL? Because I I find it hard to believe they are. No, and if I'm being honest, the only one I would see getting there is Richardson. I don't. Will Levis is yeah, his rushing upside. Rushing upside, I think, is widely overstated. I do not think he's as good a rusher as as they say. I know he had five hundred yards rushing last year. He's not the athlete that Anthony Richardson. Neither is Tanner. Yeah, you ever seen the movie White Men? White Man Can't Jump. Jump. Uh, yes, I have. That's the that's the uh, the Will Levis story, story about his athleticism. So Richardson's the only one that I would be willing to realistically take a bet on. But it also goes with with Levis. Going back to an argument Austin made, I think it was like two weeks ago on Debbie Debate. Like, is Will Levis kind of a buy right now? If they keep saying that he's going to be a first round pick, because you know you'll find someone who if he gets drafted by New York. And he goes with Brian Dayball. We've already seen the Josh Allen comps. Like, you'll be able to sell him for more. And I do not like playing fantasy football that way. I think, Austin, you're you're on that same space. Like, you don't like playing it like the stock market. And I get that. I don't either. But I, I just think it would be wrong to completely fade them in general, I guess, was, was kind of my point there. For the record, I think Anthony Richardson is probably should be valued as a top twenty-four fantasy quarterback the day he hits the NFL, assuming that he goes where we think he's going to go. Okay. Like I would that. rather have him than Kenny Pickett. This is my whole oh, thing. For about sure. Everyone thinks I hate Anthony Richardson. I don't dislike him. I think at cost, I really did not like him this year. I think he was being valued as something. You're valuing a guy that's never done it at basically what his ceiling probably was realistically, like third round of startups, fourth round of startups is where he was going a lot of the time. Uh, but I think like he's a solid player, and I like I, yeah, like I said, I would rather have him over at Kenny Pickett. I, I don't know exactly how high the line would go for me. Like if you listed out all the the dynasty quarterbacks, and I had to, you'd rather have him than Will Levis. I would. Well, that, see, that was the other thing I've said. Like Anthony Richardson, I think coming into the year was like my QB nine or something in all of college and Levis was like 34. Yeah. Like, I didn't even, really, love even though I've been critical of both of them, Anthony Richardson has just always been leaves and bounds ahead of Levis for me. Like I can't really name a thing that I think that will Levis does well right now yeah. today. So he looks good in shorts. Mm. So he does well. Like yeah. he's going really good. I mean, he looks good in general. He's, he's, a, He's, he's a, he's a good-looking yeah, yeah. dude. Like, let, let's just be honest. He's a good-looking guy. So my thing is, and it's a great thing about having someone here who is usually the loudest in the room and does get to draw a lot of attention to themselves. Is like, I, I actually can't speak for Moxley because I, I don't know about his rankings. None of us had Anthony Richardson that low. I believe he was my QB six come, or seven coming into the season. So it's not like we were all super low on him. And as we talked about in that episode, the biggest thing was I felt he needed to continue to progress as a passer, which I feel like is still played out. He's completing 55% of his passes. Like, that's not great, people. I'm sorry. It's just not. But he has improved, and that's kind of all we've all talked about. But because we've not sat there and said, like, put him up on a uh, a pedestal like 40-year-old virgin, you're putting the you-know-what up on a pedestal here, and, and you're not allowing it to get knocked Absolutely. down like that. 
I'm you're sorry. Putting the Pats are on a pedestal. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you're putting it. But anyway, like it's just a whole, a whole thing with him. Like none of us hated Anthony Richardson. We just wanted to see him continue to have more time to develop. But I, I'm with you. Like I would value him as a top 24. So I'll just really quick. Ryan Tannehill, Davis Mills, Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, Jacoby Brissett, Tua. That's 16 through 24. Where would you draw the line for Anthony Richardson? If if Richardson got drafted in the first round, he would be above those guys. I would maybe not Russell Wilson because I I believe in Russell Wilson. I think, I think he has more upside than Tua, but Tua is in the perfect and, offense with the head yeah. coach that he's going to be married to for a while with a couple of receivers that he's married to for a while that perfectly complement his skill set. Even though Tua is, is not like the ceiling player, I really like Tua for at least the next four or five years in fantasy. I think that's a a speculative move that I would not myself be willing to make. No, I agree with you. Uh, as as much as I hate to admit that, because I do have a tattoo bet riding on Justin Herbert versus Tua, uh, and things are not looking great because How Tua many has tattoo anim- bets. Do you guys have? I only have the one. Holy crap! Oh, I made I another one, one today. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Chris is going to show up next year at the at the expo like, like the like lizard Parker over here, just just tatted out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. No, I made what was the one I made today? I said if uh Braylon Braxton, the Tulsa quarterback, has 50 touchdowns in a single year, I'll get a back tattoo of Braylon Braxton. No, I think you're so, gonna be safe there. 50? That's I, I think you're safe there, although we say that and we're gonna be sitting here next year. But by the way, Braylon Baxter, QB one and all of 61 CFF touchdowns in the Western yeah. Kentucky offense. I was gonna say <laughs> Kenny Dillingham's really turned around the Arizona State uh the, the Sun Devils here. All right, so uh, real quick, because I want to stick on the Anthony Richardson conversation then real quick. Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Trevor Lawrence, Marcus Mariota. That's 15 through 10. Why is Mariota so – oh, that's just that's just where they're ranking on the season, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just like, like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, my bad. My, yeah, I didn't – like. I, I like, guess I could have pulled up our dynasty. Mariota I didn't really think about that. But I was just going based on like how they've played through this year th- uh, for fantasy. I'm also still surprised Mariota's ranked that high. He had a couple um, big rushing touchdown weeks. That's true. Yeah. I'll take him over a couple of those guys. Yeah. Is Derek, like... Carr, Derek Carr is the kind of guy that I that I think about. Because I think at least Derek, I know that Derek Carr is going to be an NFL quarterback for the next four or five years, whereas I definitely do not know that about Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah. So it really depends on probably roster construction at the moment, which is such a cop-out answer, but is what it is. If Anthony Richardson goes... We're, we're this is the with the assumption that he goes around the NFL draft, right? Like, I think even if he goes second, uh, I'd be willing to bet on him. Second, third is, round is where I would draw so the line. But so, if I am assuming that he's a, a first rounder, then I think he goes above most of those guys. Um, if he's a second rounder, it's a little different because it depends on where he goes in the second round. Like if he's a high second rounder, it's a lot different than going like late second because that means a team didn't trade up to get him. Like I think that plays into it a little bit. But I if the second Anthony Richardson had drafted, like I don't want like we're not haters. I, I feel like we've been branded as haters of Anthony Richardson. We're we, reasonable we are, people. Yeah, there's, we're just reasonable people who no like time, who no like value for, for reason in in the fantasy football industry. It's, it's no. not Felix's name here is gonna be so pissed. We're not giving hot takes. I know <laughs> he's, he's he's already yelling at us through his his TV. I'm sure. All right, so a couple of the questions here. 
For us, Nick Singleton was locked in at RB1. Um, do we, as the C2C family, still have very strong faith that he will remain there through his college career? I guess or I guess the easiest way to put will he be the first RB drafted in his draft class? Tough to guess where the NFL teams are going to take some of these guys. Uh, Felix was on with Waldman last week, Matt Waldman, I think. I finally got to listen to it yesterday. Uh, where they discussed for about the first uh, 15 minutes of the episode, uh, Singleton versus Judkins and kind of how they uh, look right now for their freshman seasons. I I actually like, I think single, I would way rather have Singleton than Judkins. Like I know that the phrase and it's not even close gets thrown around. It's not close in my mind at all. And I actually think much like we kind of cautioned last off season that a couple of these guys were, might be cells. I think Quinchon Judkins is a sell this off season. I think you can get a ton for Quinchon Judkins this offseason, who I think is a good player, but has been labeled as something that he is not currently. There are quite a few touchdowns that he's had this year where it is basically you could drive a truck through the hole. And I'm, that's, again, not saying that he is a bad player. But I still think he has limitations that Singleton, if he continues to figure it out as he kind of was figuring it out this season i think i think the world is in trouble with singleton and i think judkins is a good running back and that's a there's a gulf of difference between those two players quinchon judkins could you trade him for quentin johnston right now i think you could oh in a heartbeat yeah yeah you do that quentin uh quinchon judkins or I think I honestly think out of players that we are like for sure going back to college next year, if you take out Caleb Williams, if you take out Marvin Harrison, you might be able to trade him for anything else that currently exists in college. God, that's such a mistake. And I think uh, Quincho Judkins or Braylon Allen. I would rather have Judkins there if I'm being honest. That's the kind of range that we're dealing with, though. I didn't want to say Braylon Allen when I was talking to you about players that we thought last season were cells, but yeah. Well, I said it for you because I knew that's where you, what you were implying. So he's the kind of guy that I think I'd actually rather trade him for an NFL player. Judkins? For the yeah. yeah. Or even a Debbie League. I haven't been a Debbie League. I'd rather trade him for some, some NFL talent. Yeah. I think you could get some very good NFL talent for him. Quinchon he- Judkins or like Amon Ross St. Brown? Um... I really want to see what happens with the Jameson Williams return. Not mm-hmm. to like get off totally off topic, no. but um, that was just the first name that came to mind. I think um, Amon-Ra. So my issue with that would be it, it would really depend on the worst part about the C two C thing. On that is like it really depends on where both of my rosters are because I feel like Quinshawn's going to bring me more value on my college side than Amon Ra probably is on the NFL side. Fair enough. I'm trying to think of somebody else. Uh, Is Quinchon have... Judkins and, so, okay, so, and Christian what... Watson even close? Oh, I'd, rather have, I'd rather have Judkins. So what about this? Okay, you're, yeah. If you're a contending team on the NFL side, would you trade Quinshawn Judkins, say, for like an Alvin Kamara? Because I do think you could get no, that No, because I think, well, the problem, see, this is what happens when you try to pull these names out just on thing, because I picked out a player that has a lot of issues, and then you picked out a guy that might be yeah. in jail next year. <laughs> so, But if you're going for a championship, <laughs> you know. Are, these were not the best selections of names. <laughs> if, we had, if we had thought about <laughs> this right, a about, little bit more. Nah, see, I don't think he's valued as highly. I know he's having a good year. What about Nick Chubb? Would you do it for Nick Chubb then? I would probably do it for Nick Chubb. Because yeah. I would. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I oh, like I'd Chubb. much rather have Nick Chubb. What about Saquon? I think you might be able to I would do it for Saquon, Saquon if the Saquon guy. Yeah, yeah much rather have Saquon. Because yeah. people think Saquon's on the downslope, and I still think he's got a couple really good years left. That I agree. might just be me. But. No, no, I'm I'm with you. I, I, even if he doesn't re-sign with the Giants, like I think he's going to be fine moving forward, and I would rather take he's, him. Because somebody, somebody's going to pay up for the guy and then not use him. Yeah, of he's course. Gonna get that's, used wherever he goes. That's how, that's how it works. But at the end of the day, like, is anybody not in the singleton is better yeah. than I, Judkins camp? I mean, there are, if you just go search Twitter. I mean, with, the, I mean, with I, the, uh, us three. So no, oh no, no, no. Singleton was clear by far. Like, I think I still had Judkins as like RB five or six. I, I did not have him that high. Now I would probably move him. I would move him over blue right now. Mm-hmm. Cause I just don't know what's going to happen with blue. But then outside of that, like I'm, I'm looking at my rankings right now. Like I would have, sh- I actually, I'd move him over Jamari on Miller, who was the only other one I had ahead of him because I'm don't know that I can move him ahead of, Citizen is the close one for me. I don't know if I want to move him over Citizen and make him RB3 for me in that class. He's not going ahead of Branson because I think Branson has a shot to still be as good or better, and I like the I like being at Georgia more. And I then he's, he's not Branson going ahead of Singleton. Right now, I think, but realistically, there's like a fairly decent shot that Branson looks just as good as he does next year, if not better. Yeah. He yeah. looked good in limited snaps this year, Branson Robinson did. Like He looked a little svelter and quicker than I thought. They told him to... St- Stop lifting so much, I guess. Where, where do you put him with Jay Knott? Oh, so far above Jay Knott. I think my initial... Oh, you don't like Jay Knott at my, all. My initial opinion oh. of Jaden Ott was correct, which is that he's going to be a pretty good college running back, but I don't know if he has an NFL skill set currently. So this is, a, this is an easy answer for me, but PJ asks in the chat, Quinshaw Judkins or Rocket Sanders? It's Sanders for me. Yeah, it's Rocket. That's easy for me too, by the way. Like, just naughty. Again, I, not even the same. I love Crenshaw, but yeah, like it would be, it'd be rocket. All right. So, next question: Evan Stewart was wide receiver seven for us in our freshman supplemental guide, uh, and it seemed from everything we have talked about is that we were mostly hesitant about Jimbo, not necessarily about his skill and talent. How will we factor that into, say, these guys moving forward? Does that change anything for you guys seeing what Evan Stewart's been able to do? Like, to I guess be able to thrive despite Jimbo in that offense. A hundred percent. Like Evan Stewart and Moose Muhammad, both uh, getting on the field. Uh, Moose Muhammad's a second year player. So it's a little bit different, but Stewart. Yeah, third, third, third. Oh, he's a third year player. Yeah. Shoot. Um, Stewart getting on the field as much as he did as a true freshman is like pretty impressive, which means he forced the coaching staff's hand. They had a couple injuries there, but I like, that makes me feel substantially better about him than I did previously. Like I really liked him. Like he was, he, I, I had him ranked pretty high as well. Like I, I don't know if he was my wide receiver three or four, but I, I was pretty high on him and I think you can feel really good about where you're at. If you're Evan Stewart and he, maybe he transfers. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's certainly an option, but I, I mean, based on the season he had, you got to feel good. I don't regret necessarily where I had him. I think in hindsight, there are a couple players I had ahead of him that I would bump. Like I, I totally missed on Kion Grace. I thought Grace would well, play. We all did, if we're being honest. I like, thought he, was, he by the end of the season would be playing like no, 15 sir. snaps a game. Um, I, I thought he'd be doing uh, fairly well there. He was not. 
But then if I, I'm trying to pull up real quick, like what I had is my 2022 rankings. Like I would still take Barry and Brown over him. I'd still take Luther Burden over him. I'd still take Antonio Williams over him. Um, I'm trying to pull up again who the other guys that I had in front of. Like uh, That's the only players a, to me. Non-significant amount yeah. of the players I had ahead of him. I would still have ahead of him. I think they're better players. The top four, though, is those guys. Yeah. So I, I, think, like, I, I feel like we've, we've narrowed it down to yeah. those four. For me, so the ones that we we had ahead of them, I would I, I'm with you on on Burden and and Barry and Brown. I know you and I want to say big wide receiver guy liked him a lot too. And we we started going through the whole process. I don't remember, but I know you were high on him and Antonio Williams. Antonio Williams is close for me with Evan Stewart, but I would have Evan Stewart ahead of him. We had Adam Randall, DJ Allen, Barry and Brown, Isaiah Bond, Keon Grays, all ahead of Evan Stewart. I would move him ahead of all of those guys except for Burden and Brown for me. And I, I mean, I know I was driving the DJ Allen training, and that's got to have like gone off the bridge already. That that's a, been a horrible call of mine. Oh yeah, you're you're in the talking. you're in the you're in the canyon hole <laughs> fire. Everyone's oh, no, survi- no survivors. We got a long time ago, my friend. That that train that was yeah that that was bad. Um, but like I even Bond, who you know I, I don't. There's really no one else I think you could put. Antonio Williams is the one I think is right there in the conversation with Stewart based on the year that he had with a horrible Clemson offense as well. Can you make an argument that Evan Stewart had a better season than Luther Burden and deserved to be ranked higher? Because I think you can't. You can, but I still believe Luther Burden's the better player. And so for that part of it, I think I would stick with Burden. And the one thing I... I respect but hate is that he's not leaving Missouri. So I'm really hoping they get that quarterback room figured out or something. But person, like if you wanted to make that argument, like if we're being honest, you can make the argument of having Evan Stewart over Barry and Brown, who, I mean, he was electric in the return game. You can make. Oh, I see. Yeah, I just, I disagree. Barry and Brown has been substantially better beyond line of scrimmage than Burton has. I don't know about that outside of those two games. Like he's been phenomenal as a, as a kick returner, but I, I think you could make the argument Evan Stewart's had a better season. I I just wonder if we should be downgrading Luther Burden. I don't want to get a get get us off topic, but like I think you can make an argument for two or three receivers above him. But you know, Barry here nor there, Brown, he's obviously still very good. Evan Stewart, Antonio Williams, those are yeah. the only three. Matthew, yeah, Golden. it's a clear it's a clear four. Wait, who? Matthew, Matthew Golden. Golden. No. Get out of here, y'all are y'all are wild, and I'm just trying to throw names out here. I mean, he was a guy where that do, we we were high on as well. Yeah, Austin, where where do you have Burden right now? Where do I have Burden right now? Yeah, why with with those four? Pull up so many spreadsheets. Right now, I know I have Burden as the number one in the class. I you have still been... feel good about that. Yeah, I do. Okay. I have Burden at seven. I have him right in smack in between like Egbuka, Burden, Downs, and Johnston are all together in a group. And I feel pretty comfortable with that grouping at the moment. Then I have Brown, Williams, Golden, and Stewart literally back to back to back to back right behind them. Sounds about right. Uh, so this question kind of plays into the other one, uh, or the one we just had about Evan Stewart. Dallin Hayden and Trevor Etienne um, were guys that we did not have highly ranked, not necessarily that we didn't like the players. Austin was very high on Dallin Hayden, talked about him, I believe, being like a tier three, possibly even tier two running back. 
but we faded him going to Ohio State because of the depth chart. Um, obviously, it was a little bit different with ETM, but that had some to play with that. How do we do that now moving forward compared to – how do we compare depth charts compared to what we believe the talent of the player is moving forward? Real quick, uh, PJS, do you guys prefer Randall or Antonio Williams? This is a very unserious question. BJ, yeah. you know the answer, sir. And I have on good authority that you're trying to – pedal at Randall off onto unsuspecting victims for crap in return. So yeah. Stop it. If, if PJ offers you a stop trade it. of Adam Randall, don't accept it. Yeah. Straight up. <laughs> I know you, everyone who listens to this podcast is in some sort of a league with PJ. So yeah, he's only in like uh, 85 leagues. Uh, don't do it. Don't fall for it. I like Antonio Williams more coming into the season. So you're going to know my answer already. Um, Same. But. Well, I think we all did except for two people. And Adam Randall was, I believe, my guide up. So, was he really? Yes. I won't name the person who did it, but yes, he was my guide up. He was in tier two. Cause I don't think any, I don't remember being high. Wait, I'm looking at it right now. Yes, he was. I can show you the sheet if you'd like. Cause Barry and Brown was your my guy up into tier one, which you were 100% correct on. I guess we can't say he was wrong to be my guide up into tier one. The injury, I'm sure, played a part in it, but. Yeah, we did he that was, before he had the injury. Yeah, he was my guide into tier one. Uh, the vast majority of us preferred Antonio Williams. Some yes. of us had Antonio Williams as the wide receiver one in the class. Who did? I did assume it was just Moxley. I assume that was just Moxley. I, I oh, I did. I think big wide receiver guy did. I know Tim. No, 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 no. Who did he have? No, 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 no. Big wide receiver guy preferred Adam Randall. Yeah. We had a whole discussion about this. Assignment. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. 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 Matt. The joke was every time he mentioned Adam Randall, I dropped him one spot in my rankings and I raised Antonio Williams one spot. All right. Tim, yeah. Tim, who, who works with us and yeah. does some recruiting. He, he kind of does a whole bunch of data, different stuff. He had Antonio Williams as a wide receiver one. And I did it Adam Randall. I mean, yes, there was someone else as well. Part of the freshman guy who had Adam Randall as wide receiver one. Alfred. Yes. No, Antonio Williams. I tell you, oh, he Tim had Antonio Williams. No, no, I'm saying Tim did not. He was. He no, was, uh, he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He, they, they were the three Randall guys that that boosted him up in the guide because I don't think Felix was. I know I wasn't. He are was like let, my wide receiver ten. Are we allowed I to did not like who? Randall. Are we allowed to expose who the my guy was? It was or is that, I just said it. I just said it. Oh, it like, it's already out there. It was Alfred. <laughs> You yeah, probably no, hit on like four other three star wide receivers. Those, those were the two, two that got my guide up into tier one. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's pretty much when we do that, it's it's you putting your process, I guess, in a way to the test and saying that we you believe this guy does not belong in the tier he's in. He should go up one tier. We don't allow you to jump like six tiers, but you can move up one tier. As I mentioned, Austin did Barry and Brown. It's looking really good for Austin at the moment. And, and Alfred did Adam Randall into tier one. If it weren't for those two, we would have had two in tier one and neither one had, well, one had an okay season. The other did literally nothing. So are we at all worried? Yeah. Are we all at, are we at all worried about the QB landscape heading into next season? Are we worried that we might see a repeat of the 2021 season? I, I think this is in a reference to we were very high on guys like DJ and Spencer Rattler who came off really good seasons, and we're seeing that right now with the likes of Caleb Williams and Drake May. And whether this is just my hive of bots that I have driving Quinn Ewers hype, last mock I saw he was still being drafted in the first round. 
are, are we worried about driving these guys' value so high and then in seeing a repeat of what we saw in the 2021 season with those guys? No. I, I like Sam Howell and Drake may play for the same team, but they are categorically different quarterbacks. Drake may have size. He has better mobility, even though Sam Howell's a, like tried to run. Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in uh, the FBS currently. Like those two elevate that class to such a high level that even if there's a quarterback three or four that emerge, like, it's such a good class, and I'm I'm just not worried about it from that perspective. Like Dave Sh- Spencer Rattler showed holes in his game. Like it was pretty clear he was kind of inconsistent despite having the physical tools. Sam Howell showed he was kind of inconsistent. He was kind of a weird situation. He's a smaller guy, like six foot. He had a allegedly had sorry um, an injury that made him fall down draft boards, he probably would have gone higher. Like, I don't, I, I just wouldn't consider these classes the same just because you have two quarterbacks who I, I, I believe are locked in as top 10 picks. And I don't know that there's a lot that's going to get them off that trajectory. I think there's still a couple quarterbacks left that we haven't seen enough of that I think could vault themselves into the discussion here. Um, and the big one, well, there's three, and I have them all side by side in, in my rankings currently. Um, wh- one of them is JJ McCarthy, who I, I don't know what to do with JJ McCarthy. I have no idea what to do with JJ McCarthy, even after last week's game against Ohio State. I still have no idea. But the other two that I have in there with him, Preston Stone, I think is very sneaky, very sneaky. And then Mr. Kyle McCord. Let's go. I knew that would make Matt excited. I and knew I think we, I, don't, I we haven't seen enough of those two yet. To, to I, 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 if I had to bet, one from that group vaults himself into some sort of discussion. One from one of those three. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I, I'm not worried about it. I could see JJ taking a step forward. Uh, I, I sent Austin a text. Of course, he never responded back to me. I was arguing with someone the other day. Uh, I guess I'll get. I'll be. We'll 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 we'll, we'll do it live here, and I, I'd love to get your thoughts on this too, Chris. Um, well, we'll save it for a minute because it was it was involving Quinn Ewers and JJ McCarthy. I, I I've said before that I think Kyle gets that job, and in, in that offense, despite what anybody thinks about it and we we have reservations we've talked a lot about that with cj stroud like he will produce and i think he'll be fine jj i think could take a step to the next level he does bring obviously some athleticism and his legs stone's an interesting one i i know that you've been high on him for a while i've not i honestly have not watched any if he's even taken snaps this year so i couldn't even tell you what he looked, like. looked good that he yeah. broke his i mean I, yeah I, I didn't i didn't watch so i i can't speak to that but i know you have been very high on him my I don't think we will see a downfall at all of this QB class because if I'm being honest, the offense is both of those guys play. And I think the, the biggest issues, if you want to be worried, worried about Spencer Rattler and DJ is Mox mentioned the holes in Spencer Rattler's game. None of that changed that second year. Caleb came in, he got that job. I Caleb's going to be fine at USC. He's, producing i think the comparisons to patrick mahomes should not be made personally that being said he's going to produce he's a very good quarterback he's i believe still has some issues with some of his 50 percent completion games 
but he's going to be a first round pick. Would not be surprised if he's the number one pick in 2024. Like, I, I don't think there's even an argument for anybody else. And Drake May, I think, is going to be fine until Long goes off. And so I don't think either one of those guys you have to worry about. Quinn, I do get the the fear. He, I will be very curious to see if anything comes out this year about him dealing with an injury or anything like that. Because if you look at what he did in his first four games, he was very good and then just completely fell apart in the second half of the season after rumors spread that he was dealing with an injury. Whether or not that's true, we'll never know. So I, I can't say whether or not I... I still think he's going to be fine. I believe in the talent. I believe, as I've said before, in Steve Sarkeesian, which is why I believe in Quinn Ewers. Would you right now, Chris Moxley, take J.J. McCarthy over Quinn Ewers? Because that was an argument I had with someone the other day who said they believe J.J. McCarthy is the better quarterback, and they can. this person could not find anything Quinn Ewers does better than J.J. McCarthy. So I don't know who this person is, so I don't want to drag them. I won't. The I don't. I don't want to say names, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to out this person. I'm sorry, Alfred. Okay. Listen, anyways. Anonymous idiot Randall number thing, one. We'll call but... them. JJ McCarthy, as we sit here today, should not be drafted in the top five rounds of the NFL draft. You want to take a shot at him in the seventh round? Whatever. Like, do it. This dude does not have the skill set to be a competent NFL quarterback. Quinn Ewers does. He needs to improve, like no doubt. But there's four quarterbacks I think that can be in consideration for first-round draft picks next year. It's him, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Kyle McCord. That's it. Like I don't, I don't know where another guy is it's emerging from. Denzel meme of him touching his heart. Like oh, this is a great I, episode. I've gotten, I've gotten on the Commodore train as well. Um, this is going to be don't... so bad if Devin Brown wins job next year. This is just going to, I'm going to have to quit the company. Like we'll have to put my bids up for my shares up for somebody. I yeah, wrote... I just, I just don't see it from JJ McCarthy. Like I, I, his performance against Ohio State wasn't even good. He just hit open dude. They had five touchdowns or four touchdowns. Sorry. Over 75 yards. Like the, the, these were wide open scores. Uh, no, it was, part. it was five. It was, five. Oh, it was five. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Five, explosive five touchdowns, touchdowns over 75 yards. And I think one was like eight yards or whatever, which was like the middle. Um, and he could hit Cornelius Johnson basically behind the line of scrimmage. And then he hit him wide open with like 15 yards separation on the busted coverage. Like I didn't learn anything from JJ McCarthy in his best game that I hadn't seen all year. Like this, this is a dude who just doesn't have it in my opinion. Real quick, RJ, if you're still listening in, he said Bama is losing some big names. Um, if you, I mean, the ones that I've seen so far, I've seen Trayshawn Holden. I've seen Christian Leary. I don't think Bam is going to miss either of the and Trey Sanders. I don't think Bam is going to miss any of those guys. Maybe there's a name that I have not seen yet, which is very possible. Um, but I, I don't think Bama is losing anybody that would should bring a tear to anybody's eye if you're an Alabama fan. Yeah, the one thing I'll say on McCarthy, and we'll jump into the transfer portal talk. Actually, we'll save that last question for a different episode. Um I still think he is impressive. You, the one thing I, I think we've, I, I want to say, Austin, you mentioned this on the Campus Life pod earlier this week. If you liked McCarthy, he's done nothing to show you that you shouldn't like him. And if you haven't liked him, I feel like he hasn't shown you anything to like him, if that makes sense. Like, 
He plays well out of structure, and I do feel like he did make some very impressive plays against Ohio State, rolling out right and left and making some nice throws or picking up plays with his legs. But yes, people overinflating that performance on him. Again, like the play to Cornelius Johnson, Felix said it on, on College Fantasy tonight, you would expect a high school quarterback to be able to make that throw. The other throw to Cornelius Johnson, he broke a tackle. It was a 10-yard throw. He broke a tackle and then took it another 60 yards to the house. Like, that's not J.J. McCarthy. That was Cornelius Johnson. The play to Loveland, the tight end, same thing. It was a a, a trick or it was a, a trick play that got him out in the open. He was wide open. The, the linebacker was five yards behind Loveland. Any quarterback should be able to make that play. It's not saying that J.J. is bad but we can't overinflate that one performance that we need to see more out of him passing within structure, which if you're being fair is what Ohio state was trying to get him to do and beat. And he ended up doing that, whether it was busted coverages or not, he did beat him throwing the ball, but that's why they played the defense. They did. I'm with you guys. I don't think he showed enough there um, to like elevate him to like above Quinn Ewers personally. But I wanted to ask you guys that. Cause obviously I, I would say my opinion on Quinn Ewers is, is skewed in the, uh, in the community. So that being said, transfer portal, RJ's fishing and outdoors talked about Bama. We've got some interesting names in there. Again, it technically opens up on December 5th. So we're five days away, four days. By the time you listen to this on the podcasting side of things about opening, uh, we actually have a tracker on the website. So you guys want to go college, um, uh, look at the college, the top college guys. We do offense. We're doing just the offensive skill positions only campus to camp.com. Look at it. It, it. It's free to look at. You can look we've got all the top players, uh, by tomorrow. We'll have the average points. They scored as well in the 2022 season on there. The big name that stands out to me, and, and maybe that's because we expected him to be the guy at Oregon is Byron Cardwell. But what about you guys? Is there a guy that stands out to you and like has entered the transfer portal and you have like a favorite landing spot you'd like them to go to? Yes, but how deep do you want me to get? You can go as deep as you want, my friend. This is this is college football debate tonight, so you can That's... go full G5 <laughs> if you want. Full G5. Okay, I'm going to go Division II. Um, Even better, I guess. Tight end. <laughs> Kyle Morlock, this kid from Shorter, Georgia, might be legit. Like, so here are his offers. His offers, this isn't exclusive either. Just name the biggest schools. Auburn, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida State, Tennessee, Oregon State. Not bad for a guy who is a two-time All-American. I, I got to watch some of his film today. Really fluid mover, like an athletic dude for his size. He's 6'7", 250. Like, I'm pretty interested in this in this guy, Kyle, Kyle Morlock, the tight end out of Shorter University, which is in, like, northwest Georgia, northeast Georgia. Um, sorry, I got my uh, waffles confused. Pretty interesting guy. I, is, is all I will say. Like that's the guy that I want to be drafting the last round of my supplemental in, in 2023. Told you I was going to get deep. But what what do you want? Awesome. Yeah, it's a little, a little deeper than I was thinking. Um, that's what she said. Do I have a favorite player? Nobody asked me this before I came on. That's in here. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens with Dominic Lovett. Yeah, I think he's a big Text. name. One of the top 
receiver. Do you think Texas? Their report. So what I cool. was what I was told is Texas is pushing hard for him or Thornton, which I think is mostly because of the rumors we've all heard about Xavier Worthy leaving. Cool with me. Just don't bring in too many guys. Jonte Cook's got to get out there as a freshman. But uh, Lovett, I think, is an interesting guy. I think he's a good player. I don't know Where how do you... what his NFL values going to end up being. But I mean, I know Felix agrees with you because yeah, yeah. he he talked about you him being a guy who's going to have value was going to increase uh, by this time next year, and then like a day later he entered the transfer portal. So, what do you, what do y'all think about Ashton Hawkins? I mean, that's my guy. You know, I don't remember what we talked about on there. Um, when me and Felix, it was you, me and Felix were talking about something, and I brought him up as like a sleeper. I think it was a guy for you to grab at the end of your drafts, and you were like, yes, I like that guy too. And Felix was like, you're making names up. Um, I don't know where he'd go, but I think he can be very productive. He could be a power five guy, right? Like, he is pretty productive this year in an offense that I don't think was particularly good. Well, then they fire their head coach and yeah. their quarterbacks like also leaving. Everybody. So yeah. I think thing that's a probably good indication of things can go well this year. I I would like him in South Carolina. What it's worth. Leave some some subpar receivers for the rest of us, Chris. You already bring in all these other guys. Okay. I tried to tell I listen, I tried to tell y'all about Juice Wells. Tried to tell y'all all off season. Man's good. South Carolina knows how to recruit the transfer portal. So there is one more name I want to bring up here really quick before we, I want to talk about Brandon Sanders question in the chat real quick. And then we'll talk about the damn ruler mock and get out of here. Tyrese Chambers, who I know we've talked about in our Slack channel a little bit. I believe Moxley, you brought him up saying that you thought he was going to be a really interesting name to watch where he transfers. I don't know if you've seen the prediction of his landing spot. Have you? No, I, I hadn't. Mississippi state. Do you think that's a good landing spot or no? No. Why would you leave FIU, presumably to increase your draft stock, and then go to a place that doesn't value their wide receivers at all? That's exactly my point. Um, so he, so he's an interesting case because he entered the transfer portal last year uh, and ended up withdrawing from it. Um, like he, he is a kid in in Florida, so like I think he wants to be close to his his child, and, and so like totally understandable, right? But he enters this year off like a season that was not quite as strong. I think he's a power five wide receiver, but like he's going to be a six year guy at this point. Like you're probably just looking at him from a CFF perspective. Like I don't Jaquan Burton is the guy you probably are more interested in, in, in that those Florida teams. Like I just, I just don't, I just don't know if I really, I have no idea what to think about this transfer. Like I really liked him last year and I just feel a lot, like very let down. I mean, and, and for, for what it's worth as as Mox mentioned, you can withdraw that and go back. This is not a guarantee that yeah. they're leaving their schools. They're just putting their name in the portal. So we will see what happens with them. So Brandon asks in the chat, he wants to talk about the Heartline to Cincinnati talk. For those of you who don't know, he is interviewing for the Cincinnati head coaching job tomorrow. He says, and taking half of the Ohio state receiver core with him, most likely please debate. Uh, if he gets the job, it is not surprising to me at all. I believe Felix didn't understand this talk when we brought it up. My, me and Mox did like, he's going to get it. I've said he's going to get a head coaching job. I, I, yeah. I believe I said, I thought it was going to happen this year. So if it happens, great. Like, I don't think he's a guy that's going to go and call plays. He's likely going to be a CEO type. He'll bring in coordinators to run the offense and defense. He'll recruit and develop wide receivers. I, I think he'll be fine there. 
if he takes half of the wide receiver core, I mean, I don't honestly don't care. Like they're bringing in three really good wide receivers. Like you can take Keon Grace, K- Caleb Burton, Caleb Brown, whoever the guy is we don't like. Like he can take them with him. I don't care. Like good luck to you in Cincinnati. Yeah, Kojo Ant, we like good luck to him. Like I'll still root for Keon Grace. I think he's a good wide receiver. Like I don't think it matters. Like they want to follow him. Great. I don't think I know. There's a lot of hope that Devin Brown. I don't think Devin Brown's going to Cincinnati personally. But if he does, good luck. Can I just toss that real quick because we've talked about this before on the show that I actually think Brian Hartline to Cincy would be a disaster. For I don't know why he would do that. You think he's waiting out for a better job? There is no better job. He went to Ohio State. I don't think he's a good enough coach to be a head coach. This would be a very difficult way for him to discover that fact at a program that now expects you to be contending for a top 10 spot every year because of what they've done the past couple of years. I this think the expectations, I do think the expectations are going to be lower though. Like yeah, they're joining I the Big don't 12. Think they will. I they're joining the Big 12. Like they're not in the AC, AAC anymore. That's more money, more resources, I, baby. I think for Brian Hartline though. Like Yeah, I I think the expectations will get be $6 lower dollars. because Luke Fickle won't be there as well. I, I think the expectations are there because Luke Fickle's there. And if like if he gets it, or I know Dion's in the running for it as well, I don't think the expectations, at least year one or two, will be there that they need to be a top ten team. Where I disagree with, I, I don't know what Hartline is as a coach. He's a position coach. I can't say that he's going to be a good or bad head coach because we've seen guys like, I'm, I'm just going to throw this out there. Granted, it has not been good so far. Dabo Sweeney is not a coach of any sort. He is a CEO who runs that program. He doesn't call plays. He doesn't call offense or defensive plays. He brings in guys to do that. If Brian Hartline takes over the head coaching job, he's never once said he wants to call plays. He develops one position, the wide receiver position. He's a good recruiter. He doesn't just recruit wide receivers, though he is very good at that. They send him out to recruit running backs. He recruits defensive guys. He knows how to recruit. If Hartline goes to Cincinnati and plays, as I just said, the CEO type, brings in a good offensive and defensive coordinator, then I don't necessarily know that he will be bad at the job. Now, if he goes into Cincinnati and says, I'm going to be the one calling offensive plays, yeah, I'm going to be a little, not a little bit, a lot worried about what Cincinnati's going to do. I don't think he has that. The one thing I will say is if he does fail, regardless of who the coach is at Ohio State, I think he will always have a spot to go back to there. So uh, I think if he He's got like the fails, permanent... Permanent yeah, wide receiver coach, Alvin Ohio State. If there or whoever, like if he fails at Cincinnati, I think he would easily be able to just come right back to Ohio State if he wanted to. He, he is going to get an upgrade at some point, whether Cincinnati, TBD. But at some point, he's going to be a probably a group of five coach or a borderline, like a Big 12 new addition coach, which is well, like what Cincinnati is. He's going to be head coach at some point. So, like, we're going to see it happen. I don't think Cincinnati's a bad, bad spot for him, though. Like, it, why not let him try it out there? I don't I, I don't know. I, I'm just not, like, that down on them hiring him. And they're not going to hire Dion, by the way. Like, I've seen a lot of talk about this. Dion and Cincinnati aren't just, like, not a good fit. Like, that's not going to happen. He's going to take South Florida over Cincinnati, by the way. I, I'm very surprised that that's an actual discussion that's happening. Neither here nor there, but yeah. All right. So real quick, uh, Dane Brugler, he released his 1.0 mock on the athletic today. 
Uh, we're just going to stick with the fantasy relevant guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read the names here, and then I guess we can just kind of discuss the, the names here a little bit. So he has at the number one pick overall, Bryce Young going to Houston at number five, CJ Stroud to the Carolina Panthers at eleven. The first wide receiver off the board being Quentin Johnston to the Jacksonville Jaguars. At 14, he has Will Levis coming off the board to the Indianapolis Colts. At 18, Jordan Addison to the New England Patriots. This is extremely intriguing to me. At number 21, he has B. John Robinson coming off the board to the Baltimore Ravens. 23, Michael Mayer to the Bengals, which I absolutely love that landing spot. 26, Darnell Washington to the Titans. 29, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Minnesota Vikings at 30 Jalen Hyatt to the, to the Kansas city chiefs. And then at 31 Jameer Gibbs to the Eagles. The only other player worth mentioning Devin Achain. He has going with the Miami dolphins first pick in the second round. No Hendon hooker, no Anthony Richardson in the first two rounds as of right now. So Moxley, we can't really talk about those guys. I'll come to you. Noted. Will Levis hater. If he goes 14 to the Indianapolis Colts, what are you doing with Will Levis? Um, I'm probably treating him the way I do now, right? Like a late first, early second super flex pick. And that's fair, right? Like I'm not going to just fade a quarterback because I don't believe in him, especially if he's going to be available at like 110. Like super flex quarterbacks are about still valuable. I don't like Will Levis. Like I, I have been on record, and we, I think we've all been on record at some point saying that we are skeptical of his upside. But I'm not going to fade him in his in entirety if the NFL says, okay, like we think this dude can play. Um, that is that is my thought on Will Levis. I'm glad that I, I actually think Brugler's mock is the best mock that I've seen through like the whole draft process, like. A not top 10 Will Levis and Stroud and Young both above him. Like I, I can work with that. It's a good, it's a good mock on aggregate. Problem with Indy as a landing spot is we don't know who the coach is gonna be there. Yeah. And realistically, uh, you have Jonathan Taylor at running back, and then you have Pittman at wide receiver. And then it's a lot of question marks. Like Pierce had those one or two games, but overall he's not been that great this year. Paris Campbell is what he is at this point. I know people are hyping up um, the tight end that they took. Kyle Granson. No, not Granson. The kid they took out of Virginia this year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Johnny uh, Woods. Johnny Woods. Johnny Woods. I, I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't think he's a, a thing at the moment. So like I, I don't know what's there that's going to help Will Levis at the moment. It's a very average group of weapons yeah uh i wouldn't hate the landing spot because indy cannot get out of that contract from matt ryan so i don't think will levis starts right away so you're gonna have time i guess to build around him but i do think there's some serious questions i actually don't think chris ballard will, ballard will be there anymore as a gm either i think he's likely going to be fired so you're probably looking at a brand new gm brand new coach in indy it's going to be very interesting um addison to the pats I hate it. Hate it. He's so much better than that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> I would kill him. Even if Tom Brady goes back to New England, as the rumors are stating now? As as uh, like, as like what? Like the mummy? Like, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, dude, dude's still out there. He's, he's still playing. He's still the GOAT. So, 
Yeah. All right, so we hate we hate that. All right, just, yeah. The, the, the two uh, right, I hate are Addison, Addison and Bijan suck. I hate both of those. Bijan's horrible. Yeah. I don't. That doesn't make any sense to me. Baltimore doesn't need another running back, and I don't know why you bring in Bijan there. I think he I was think it's a, a lot more likely he goes to the Eagles. For what's worth, I feel like he was just trying to fit Bijan in somewhere, so he put him there. I don't. Think You're the Ravens. You would rather have like Jalen Hyatt, whose ceiling is yeah. like what Hollywood Brown was there. Like his absolute like yeah. best case scenario, and even if he's not, he would fill that role. I mean, look at what they have now to catch passes. Like Lamar has not been good, but look at what he's throwing to right now. He's throwing to the ghost of Mark Andrews, who is clearly injured. Rashad Bateman has been injured, and then it's God help him. I re- I, I kind of liked him coming out, but it's like the next best guy is Devin Duvernay. Yeah, like, they they can use it. They could use a guy like Andre Yasovas. Go give him the next the next Randy Moss. Yeah, the next the next Randy Moss, Quentin Johnson, Mike Harvard, Mallory. Harvard Randy. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about Jameer Gibbs? You you mentioned you'd rather see B. John go there. They have him go in there to the Eagles. I don't think it's a horrible fit. They're probably going to move on from Miles Sanders this year. Uh, I mean, they've shown willingness to throw the ball to. The running yeah. backs, but not necessarily Miles Sanders. I, I think that if they had a guy who could do both, they'd be in better spot. I'd much rather see him go there than Bal- any any running back go to Baltimore. To be fair, um, I think Jameer Gibbs wherever he goes actually is going to be a good fit in the offense. Like he he's pretty scheme. Like I say, he's scheme versatile as a guy who's like a pass catcher and like undersized. But I really believe that. Like, I think he could be an extension of a passing game for a lot of different teams. Like Bijan, Bijan, I feel the same way about for different reasons. But I, I think Jumir Gibbs has kind of elevated himself to that level. I know, but, I know you weren't saying that as a blanket statement, but I, I disagree. He will not be that good on every team. But I get what you're actually saying on Jumir Gibbs. Like, if he were to go to the Browns, I would hate that for Jumir Gibbs personally. Oh, of course, of course. If he goes to the Browns, I would. Be very I'd love it just because I uh, get to throw that in Felix's face all the time because he's, he's not going to ever get to that fantasy one ceiling he thinks he's going to get to, but I don't think that would be a good landing spot. But I do like the the Eagles one. Michael Mayer is one I wanted to touch on because I think that would be a phenomenal landing spot, not just helping pass block for Joe Burrow if Joe Mixon's still there and healthy helping there, but also gives him another gives Joe Burrow another amazing weapon in the passing game. If Mayer were to go to the Bengals, Austin, how high would you be willing to draft him in a rookie draft? So doesn't this kind of hurt Mayer though? Because there's really only so many targets there. Like what was what was? So you would think so until you see how good of a season Hayden Hurst is having, and then you're like, is Michael Mayer? I don't think he's worse than what Hayden are, Hurst. What are Hurst splits like with the gang versus without the gang? So I can pull that up really quick, but he was fairly productive even when Jamar Chase was out there. And I actually don't think he's been much better since Chase has been out, but I will pull it up. Andre Pirine been the main beneficiary of... uh, Yeah, so since Chase has been out, he has been getting... Seven, three, eight, four, and five. While Chase was there, eight, seven, two, four, seven, three, seven. So he was still getting targeted fairly heavily when Chase was playing. Them. He's, he's and he's a much better player than, <laughs> than Hayden Hurst is. Yeah. Interesting. 
So where would you take I could it? Live, I could live with it. Uh, I mean, just out of principle, the matter, I couldn't take him before like the 108, 109, even if it's tight end premium. He's just not that level of player. Moxley, noted tight end lover. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I, t- I, I tend to agree. It's like, he's clearly going to go in the first round. Like, he's the best tight end in this draft. Uh, I think by a good amount. He's Zach Ertz, though. Like, that's his upside. And I don't think that's a bad thing to say either. No, like, Zach Ertz yeah. had multiple top five seasons and top three seasons. It's not a bad comparison. Like, people are like, ooh, Zach Ertz. Like, he was a league winner for multiple years. I don't I don't want to act like that's a bad comparison, but that's who Michael Mayer is. And so I, I think at 109 between 112, like, you're getting a good player. There's just going to be a lot of skill position players who go in the first round. Just what it is. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, Zach Ertz probably could have been a league winner for more had he not been injured in multiple years as well. Like, I, yeah. I don't think that's a bad comparison at all. PJ asked, where did Kayshawn Boutte go on the mock? Uh, he did not, at least uh, the part that I... Read. Not the first round. Not the first round. He did not release the entire second round. He just released interesting picks he thought or he had that he had in the second round. The only offensive skill player was Devin Achain to the Miami Dolphins. He did not have Boutte on there. So I, I don't know... I would assume as we get further into the offseason, he'll expand those a little bit more, and we'll see where he has Boutte going, but he did not go in the first round. That's the only fit I actually really like. That's a fit that I think is could, could, be, could be good, yeah. Now, I'm not like a I Devin Achain guy, but like that outside zone is exactly what Achain probably needs to succeed at the NFL level. You not only that, I think he just fits what Mike McDaniels wants to do with that offense, with all that speed. The only thing it yeah. would worry me about, well, I guess it wouldn't worry me because Raheem and Jeff Wilson have both been very good, but like I don't, he's never going to be, at least in that offense, I don't think he'll ever be the workhorse, quote unquote. Like He won't be the lead guy, but I think he'll produce enough for you. Like He'd be a guy, I'd, I'd actually probably take uh, Chain at like 112 if he went to the Miami Dolphins, assuming he la- lasted that long. I, I don't know. Obviously, it depends on like where Boutte and some of those other guys go. It's a good right. landing spot. Well, that will do it for us today, guys. Make sure to tune in Saturday. Better Sports, um, at least three of us will be there from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. We're going to have Alan True on with us to talk a little bit about recruiting and the Michigan program. Uh, Felix believes Jim Harbaugh should be fired. I'm going to argue why he shouldn't, which is just the weirdest irony of all things, but that is what it is. Um, And then at least Felix and myself will be on the tailgate to just kind of preview championship weekend as well. So make sure to join us all day Saturday. Obviously we've got everything else coming out. I'm sure Canton bound will be out tomorrow. uh, Back to Debbie drop today was a really good episode. Check that out. Uh, And outside of that, everybody have a great night. Talk to you guys again next Wednesday. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State national champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama.
and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years, their 17th overall. Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bell caught it! Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro, and Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill. Just in front of his end zone, has a man out there, it is Ranger, and he's off to the races! Nobody will catch him! <laughs> 93 yards for the freshman! He made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry, he'll add to that! Goodbye, touchdown Ohio State. From 52 yards.